Welcome, everybody, to this week's episode of the Standing Room Only podcast. I am here with Healy, myself, Goose. I just want to start off by saying thank you to everybody that's been reaching out, showing support, showing love, following us on Instagram, Twitter, um, that's been actively communicating with us. Uh, We do appreciate that. Make sure you do, if you're not following us, make sure you do follow us on Instagram and Twitter, uh, at SR Only Pod, we are also on Spotify, the Standing Room Only Podcast. Uh, we have a lot going on. We just had the MLB Awards just roll through within the last week or two. Yeah, last Wednesday. So, last Wednesday, Thursday, a lot like Tuesday. Yeah, we had the MVP, the Cy Young, Rookie of the Year. All the all the awards basically are finished, which I'm pretty pleased with the awards. I would say most of them. Yeah, not really any, like, surprises, not really any guys that I disliked getting awards. Yeah. Uh, The guys I wanted pretty much got the awards. Maybe in the NL, Christian Yelich, but he didn't really finish out the year. Yeah. Also, Bellinger defensively was pretty good. So, Bellinger had a sixth season regardless. I'm not mad about that. It would have been sick to see Yelich finish out especially with that MVP race. But besides that, not too many, like, other guys that would have wanted. Maybe Garrett Cole could have won Cy Young, but I wanted Verlander, so I got the pick that I wanted. Yeah, either or. I would say with the Astros pitching between Garrett Cole and with Justin Verlander, either could have won it, and I'm not going to argue it. Um, Like you said, in the NL – uh, Christian Yelich did not finish out the season, but neither did Mike Trout. But you can't argue Mike Trout winning the AL MVP ever. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Mike Trout's like war was still pretty good as well compared to Alex Bregman. But Mike Trout just, especially compared to AL numbers, uh, Trout led Bregman in a majority of the stats. Trout also led the league in so many other stats as well on base slugging OPS. Yeah. yeah he he dominated i mean it's safe to say he hadn't deserved that um that mvp award uh he only played how many games did he play 134 games hit 45 bombs i mean that alone right there he easily could have gone for 50 yeah, the war gap between Mike Trout and at Bregman was .1, so pretty much a wash. Yeah. You you just went off stats at that point. In the NL, Bellinger had 9, Christian Yelich had 7.1, so that was definitely a huge difference right there. Yeah, Yelich had a good season. I didn't realize that he had some speed on him. He, stole, he swiped 30 bags this year. I was not aware that he had, well, had those types of uh <laughs> those types of legs on them but but yeah you know Cody Bellinger had a hell of a year Christian Yelich Anthony Rendon had a good year um he finished third I guess that's fair he you know one two and three I would say that's a fair uh fair judgment there but great contract year because he's gonna get paid oh yeah that's what you like to see out of the guys that's that's somebody who deserves I don't know if they call it a super max contract in the MLB but let's get him a super max contract. Get him a TV deal, whatever that guy wants, because he had a hell of a year, hell of a past few years, I'd say. I'd say he's the most underrated player in baseball. 
Like maybe if he was on the level of Yelich and Bellinger hype wise, he would have got more votes. Oh, hands down. He's a quiet guy, plays in Washington, and he just does his business. So uh, that that could have played a factor. But Yelich and Bellinger, so much they did so well. Yeah. Yeah, Cy Young we saw in the American League, uh, as we were just talking about, Justin Verlander with the Astros. Had a hell of a season. Uh, he had over 20 wins, dominated night in, night out the whole season. Garrett Cole did really well. Uh, third was Charlie Morton, who also had a really good season. Um, but hands down, it had to go to either Verlander Cole, in this case Verlander. Um, in the National League, Jacob, Jacob DeGrom. Jacob DeGrom. I would say that's hands down. He should have grabbed that. Um, yeah. He got 29 first place votes, so he was almost unanimous. Uh, 2.43 ERA, which a little worse compared to last year, but last year was, he was just so good. He had the innings again. He had the strikeouts. He pitched amazing. Some people might be like, he only finished 11 and 8. As a pitcher, you can only do, you can only prevent runs. You can't help your team score runs. Exactly. Exactly. It's weird. You're only as good as your offense is almost at that point. And that's why I never. I never really look at a wins-loss um, when it comes to pitching. There's a statistical breakdown. Um, like I said, there's pitchers who might go 12-9, and nine, but, you know, could lead the league in strikeouts, their their earned run average, but then, you you know, the tail of the tape is their offense. If you don't produce runs, you don't win. So, Yeah, looking at guys that played for the Dodgers, you had Walker Buehler go 14-4, and four. Kershaw go 16-5, and five. you had Ryu go 14-5. and five. Why? Because that team won 100-plus games, and their offense was out of this world. The Unbelievable. Mets, they did finish above 500, but when Jacob deGrom would pitch, he would go up against other elite pitching, and the Mets just wouldn't score for him. A lot of times, too, these guys pitch amazing games, and then they leave in ties situations, so they don't even get the win or loss. Yeah, yeah, they get the no decision, and... You know, that's always a uh, a tough call on the coach, too, whether or not to keep the pitcher in. We see a lot of guys get pulled kind of early. Some guys stay, you know, it all comes down to the pitch count. And, yeah, it's kind of tough with the Mets. They don't really have bats, but they have Pete Alonzo, who's a monster. Rookie of the year. 53 homers. 53 bombs. Set the record. Almost unanimous for NL Rookie of the Year. Mike Soroka got one vote. The guy who gave him that first place vote, uh, wrote an article the day after. Mm -hmm. So I think he was like, I need some money for my job. So I'm going to vote for Mike Soroka, get everyone wondering why there was one vote for him. And then they would look and be like, oh, this guy wrote an article and he'd get clicks. Yep. That's pretty much what it comes down to. Pretty dumb situation. Yeah. I mean, Pete Alonzo for a rookie, you know, when you look at his statistical breakdown, he batted a 260. But for somebody who bats third or fourth in the lineup, 260 is okay, I guess, for a rookie. Um, for him to smack, uh, you know, 53 home runs, drive in 120 RBIs, he's going to get paid soon. He's well, going to get paid very soon. He still has five years under control. So I don't know if he will get paid soon. With this think- new era of baseball, uh, teams are going with extensions early on. Mm-hmm. But – in baseball, you can't really get a free agent contract until your sixth year. Until sixth year, so like kind of like with Chris Chris Bryant. Yeah, so he got five hundred thousand last year. 
He got 500000 for winning the Home Run Derby. Doubled his salary from that. And next year, he's probably going to earn 500000 Does he win anything for Rookie of the Year? No. It's all right. He's a stud in New York, so he's he's set for a while. Yeah, he'll get, he'll get some deals. Uh, Jordan Alvarez won it for um, the American League. He had 27 homers, came on the scene, only played 87 games. So 27 homers, 87 games, batted 313, 412, 655, slugging. He was a monster. In AAA this year, he also hit 23 homers. So he had 50 home runs on the year. And he only played 56 games in the minors. So he didn't even play a full season's worth. If you look at his MLB stats, he played half a season, hit 27 homers on pace for 50 with a 313 average. And in the minors, 23 homers in 56 games. That's one almost every other game. Yeah, he's, he's playing, yeah. Big boy baseball right there, but yeah, definitely he uh, he he deserved that. Um, who who finished second in the AL? John Means, okay, rookie for the Orioles. Okay, twelve and eleven, three point six ERA, one hundred fifty five innings pitched. Uh, his strikeouts are one twenty one. He actually had a higher WAR than Jordan, and like everyone else, so he did get a bunch of second place votes. Finished second place pretty easily, but. Jordan was the the guaranteed first place guy, no matter what. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Uh, so the Astros had the Cy Young Rookie of the Year. Uh, the only thing they didn't really get was the MVP when it came down to player accolades. And then the Mets, they had Pete Alonso, Jacob Degrom, and they didn't get the MVP. But it's nice to see uh, those two teams. Obviously, uh, the Mets coming up in the East, they have a really tough division over there. Um, so it's nice to see that they have a bat and, you know, might bring some good baseball back to to the uh, NL for uh, New York. It's just wild to, like, look at because you would think the Astros, they almost won all three. They're a powerhouse team. Powerhouse. And then you look at the Mets, they won two out of three, and they're just like, they're there, but they aren't, like, the powerhouse level of the Astros. And that just shows how in baseball it's a full team game. Uh, Mike Trout, he gets shit on all the time. Yeah. Like, why does he win MVP? He's on a bad team. He hasn't led his team to the playoffs. It's because in baseball, you bat three times a game. What else are you going to do? What else can you do? It, it depends on the other eight guys in your lineup to provide the wins and pitching. You you don't pitch either. Like You don't have any control over that. Yeah. It, the MVP award, it varies. I mean, it's hard to have a definitive, like a definition as to what an MVP really is. And it depends on the sport, too. So in football, we see a lot of times it's the quarterback winning MVP. And on winning teams. And on winning teams. He gets that win. He gets that loss statistical breakdown. But he has the ball at all times. So that's fair. Mm -hmm. With baseball, for people to shit on Mike Trout and say, well, he didn't play the whole season. His team sucks. Well... Mike Trout has proven night in and night out that he will outperform anybody, anybody on any uh, any given night. He rarely has a bad game. He rarely strikes out. So you got to give it to him. Yeah, he put up those numbers too with no one else in his lineup. He had Shohei Otani. He had Tommy Listella for a little bit, but it's Tommy Listella. Tommy Listella. Half, half a year. And you go to the Astros and you have guys – 
like Carlos Correa, Jose Altuve, Jordan Alvarez, yep. Michael Brantley, Robinson Trinos was in there. Like their lineup one, one through, through nine. Yeah, he had the support. Talent. So Bregman, him, if he is hurt or if he's not playing for whatever reason, Astros are going to win. Mm-hmm. They're going to win because they have talent throughout. Also, you have to pitch to Bregman because you don't want to face the other guys. You have to pitch to him. When you face Mike Trout, you're just like, okay, I'll pitch around him. Pitch around, yeah. There's no one else behind him. His team isn't going to be good, so we'll just we'll just put him on. Yeah, that's fine. And Mike Trout still demolished the baseball. Still did what he had to do. Forty five home runs, and he played three quarters of the season. Career high. His career high was forty two before. It would have been nice to see him hit fifty. Maybe next year we'll see him do that. He's getting to the age. Like, he, he's been amazing his whole career. Whole career. And we haven't even seen him hit his prime. I know. Would you Would you consider him? You know what I'm I need, I need. I need a couple more, couple more years. Okay. And see where he finishes out career-wise, like, with totals. Okay. Okay. Like, if he finishes in the 600 range for home runs, then, yeah, you, you might consider him the GOAT, especially if he finishes with, like, five MVPs in his career. He has three which is tied for second most all time. Yeah, and he's how old is he now? He's 27, 28. Wow. And then you have uh you have guys like Pujols who won 3. You have uh I can't can't remember the full list. Maybe Stan Musial. I'm not sure, but Do we do we count Barry Bonds? Bonds has 7. Bonds has 7 MVPs. He won 4 in a row then is career that's crazy so yeah there's a big jump so i say like if he does get to five bonds in my opinion will be the greatest of all time regardless he's yeah. the most feared hitter i don't want to hear this steroid because everyone else was on it and it doesn't it doesn't propel you to like insane levels he was, he was so good he was great from the jump even before he got huge quote-unquote huge the dude was smacking bombs, and he was swiping bags, too. The only thing we didn't see towards the second half of his career was him stealing bases. Mm-hmm. But it's not like he's – I mean, he did pick it up a little bit, but like you said, everybody else was using roids, right? So it's yeah. a fair it's a fair uh, playing field. We saw Sosa. We saw McGuire. We, they went back and forth when they had their 66 and, what, mm-hmm. McGuire hit 70, right? Yeah. So for Bonds to hit 74 – 73. 73. Or. Was 73 or 74? I don't remember. But still, like you said, he was the most feared player up at bat. I'm pretty sure he wouldn't be surprised if he has the record for most. 73. 73. Probably the most walks. He's up there for RBIs. So, yeah, steroids, it does help in the sense that perhaps he'll get more power. But he's still Mm. swinging the bat. He's been a home run hitter. So maybe not hitting 70 bombs, 60 home runs, but he definitely, you know, you had a pitch to him still. So, so yeah, if Mike Trout does win a couple more MVPs, he gets to like the 600 range. We'll have to see where his career war ends up, how many stolen bases he has, walks on his whole career. Maybe he wins a title. Maybe he uh, wins a t- They got Madden over there. <laughs> yeah, maybe, but that doesn't necessarily influence for Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah, or greatest player of all time. Barry Bonds never won. Griffey never won. So many great players never won a ring. Yeah, and with baseball, it's hard. Usually, the franchise is good or it's not. So, 
but yeah, definitely Trout is a player of the future. Um, as crazy as it sounds, because he's been in the league a while and he's only 27. Yeah, eight years or something. Eight years, and he's not slowing down. He's so. won three MVPs, and he's finished second like four times. He's just a stud. There's been Overall. one year where he's finished below second, and that was the year he he hit like he played like 115 games. So he was hurt. Yeah. So it didn't even matter at that point. So. Yeah, th- th- those are the awards. I won't keep talking about that for t- <laughs> too yeah. long on this debate. Uh, we will talk about the Astros cheating, though. Cheaters. Uh, they got caught. 2017, they would have a camera basically in center field. They would also um, have guys, like, snooping around and all that. But basically, the Astros, in between their dugout and clubhouse, would have a guy sitting there at a table with, like, a laptop and a monitor having view of that camera yep. right on the catcher's crotch showing the sign. Yeah, they're and, stealing signals. And if they saw, like, an off-speed sign, the guy would hit the trash can, which was loud. There's so many clips on Twitter. If you follow John Boy, J-O-M-B-O-Y, on Twitter, he has so many clips of TV broadcasts where you hear it clear as day, and then these hitters are just all over pitches. It's crazy that somebody caught that because the environment of a baseball stadium, you hear random noises all the time. All the time. And so finally somebody pointed it out, the irony that it's an off-speed pitch and you're hearing a drum or a banging, and for them to match it up, I mean, whoever that guy is, whoever, I don't know if it was John, was it John Boy that found it or? No, Mike Fires, who played for the Astros in 2017, oh, that's talked right. about it. He that's talked right. about it before, but this offseason, it's come to light and he like fully talked about it again. And there's been other people that have come out and talked about it. So it's like full on uh, known that they cheated. Uh, it's nothing necessarily new. Every team's trying to get an advantage in baseball. Also, the Astros, they did get like somewhat of an advantage, but their home average or like their home walk and strikeout rate was better on the road. So this was restricted to home games only. Pretty much. Obviously, because somebody would set it up yeah. and they would have they would broadcast it. So, like, so they're a little bit better on the road. So it didn't help them out too much, but but it's the principle at that it, point. It's cheating. They got caught. Uh, they're going to get fined heavily. Uh, somebody on Twitter, I tweeted out today off the ceremony podcast Twitter uh, for people who wanted to ask questions, and someone asked what we think the punishment's going to be. I saw people on Twitter say that they should get the World Series stripped. They should lose. Like opportunity on playoffs, that's not going to happen. It won't happen. It's this isn't the NCAA. This isn't they. They just can't do that in a professional money making sport. That's yeah. It's 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 going to come down to the business side. The major league would not do that. I. They have a huge fan base. It just wouldn't make sense for them to do that. If you want to take away draft picks, if you want to find them, I think that's fair. Yeah, I think they're going to lose some draft picks. Yeah. They're going to get fined a few million dollars, and 
uh, AJ Hinch, their manager. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be like Bounty Gate with the Saints. Okay, he'll be suspended a year. You really think that they would do that? Oh, it, it has to be big. He'll yeah. be suspended one year, which like because he knew. Oh, he had to have. There's so, no way like, nobody in that dugout didn't know. Mm-hmm. I'm sure somebody didn't know, but I could see that being the case. If you suspend the coach. Yeah. There's not really much else you can do. No, you can't really suspend players. So I think the manager will get suspended. Also, details on like the situation. Mike Fires said that someone on that 2017 team who was new – so he was new to the team that year. There's like five or six players that were new on that team. Yeah. They were struggling early on in the year, and they made the suggestion, like, hey, my old team did this. Why don't we do this? And that's basically how it got started. Yeah. Did this guy come from another major league organization? Yeah. He did. So okay. basically he was saying, like, yeah, this team, my old team was doing it, so why don't we do it? Which means, like, there's wild stuff happening all around the major leagues. And that's just technology. That's just – I mean, it's cheating regardless. But that's still – it's crazy to think that there's that much cheating in baseball. Always trying to get the advantage. So, yeah, teams will always be looking for that edge. We'll have to see what Rob Manfred does uh, this offseason with rules because there isn't any rules in place. Correct. Te- technically, it's like cheating. But there's nothing, like, serious about it. So there'll be some rules implemented, and we'll just have to uh, see how this rolls out. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely got to be a lot of changes there. Like you said, there's no rule in place, but it's like an unwritten rule. Um, I guess we'll know soon. It's the off season, so it's only a couple months for uh, for the MLB. Yeah. Now we'll keep the, the baseball talk up for the, the next few months. Oh, yeah, Before hands the down. free agent signings. Uh, moving on to the NFL. A lot happened this week. A lot. Uh, we're going to start off immediately. Thursday night football. Oh, boy. Miles Garrett and uh, Mason Rudolph situation. That was – was that the craziest thing you've ever seen in a football game? One of the craziest? Andre Johnson and Cortland Finnegan fighting a long time ago. I remember that. that. Was great. I remember that. Johnson tossed him around a little bit. Mm-hmm. They would always go at it, though. It was a rivalry. For this one, though – there was eight seconds left in the game. You're Miles Garrett. And I, to be fair, the man was provoked. Yeah. He was provoked. Mason Rudolph, even if I was his, like Mason Rudolph, I'm not going to say he's a small guy, but Miles Garrett is a grown ass man. I'm not going to try to provoke him, especially at the end of the game. But for Miles Garrett to react the way he did. I don't know how you don't suspend him for the rest of the season and then some. Obviously, there's going to be heavy fines. We know he's suspended indefinitely. But you have the victory. You have the win. Just, you know, if you're going to if you're gonna push him, like we see players all the time punching other players in their helmet, which, again, doesn't make sense to me. I'm sure they feel it, I guess, a little bit. But why not take that action? I mean, this guy went full NFL blitz meets Grand Theft Auto on this guy. Like, he ripped his helmet off, hit him in the head. Did he deserve it? Maybe. I guess. Maybe not. Maybe not that much, but, you know. And then I, don't, we, 
I don't understand how Rudolph. I think he's only getting suspended or uh, fined. Why didn't he get suspended as well? Oh, he was just as guilty. I mean, we saw him. He tried taking off Garrett's his helmet. helmet, and he didn't. Yeah. And then Garrett got off his helmet. And, and that was it. And then we him. saw, you know, Miles Garrett was was it Miles Garrett getting stomped out? So he was getting stomped, and then uh, Mason Rudolph got hit by somebody else on the Larry Browns. Ogan Joby. Yeah, he yeah. got suspended too. He games. got suspended. I mean, that guy was kind of. I mean, it's already done. But I guess you know you're gonna stick up for your team. It was just wild. It was literally an episode of Jerry Springer. I wish I had popcorn. It was it was fun. Now, I don't want to say it was fun to watch because it's bad for the sport, but for a Thursday night football game, it was definitely entertaining. <laughs> it was, yeah, especially at the end. Yeah. But the Browns, they won the football game despite that, which was a huge win for them. It's just now Miles Garrett, I mean, he's one of the best players in the league. He's not normally a bad guy. He's a no. smart guy. Mm-hmm. He uh, does a lot of like, off-field stuff. I don't understand indefinitely. I think four games probably would have been like a good, good section. You are suspending him for that type of hit and all that, but you don't suspend. You're suspending him longer for hitting another grown man with a helmet, but you aren't suspending these guys who are hitting women without any protection. That's true. That's true. And you know what? I mean, that's something – to consider too, we do see some players like Kareem Hunt got suspended for like ten games. Um, we did see Ray Rice. I mean, he didn't get suspended suspended for that long, blackballed. but he got blackballed. Yeah, they they blacklisted him. They were like, yeah, Tyreek I mean, Hill was fine. Tyreek Hill was fine for what he beat his kid. Right? Was Tyreek Hill his kid or was that his? I think it was both. Both. So, children, future pro athletes. When you're on that level, just don't hit. This is for everybody. Just don't hit woman. In general, you don't just don't have hit woman. Doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter. It's it's too common, and it makes you wonder like, what's going on with these guys? Like, I don't know if I'm in the league and I'm sensing something, and I see it. Like, there should be an understanding. Like, hey. You are in the spotlight. Now, regardless, it shouldn't happen at all in the world, but when you're a pro and you know the cameras are on you, like that's when you really have to like if you have anger issues, you should probably go get that checked out. You, you don't have wanna... more money and resources than you need for that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So not to take away from you know, the everyday people. It shouldn't happen in general, but but um but yeah, yeah, crazy. And then we have uh to move on from that. We had our game of the week. Yeah, which wasn't really the wasn't game really of the week. a game of the week. <laughs> uh, but the Lamar show was definitely in effect. The Lamar show. Do we have nicknames for Lamar Jackson yet? Um, I'm not sure. I don't want to call him Vic 2.0. No, because he's not. He's not. No, he's not. This dude is unbelievable. He dominated that whole game. I don't know if there's another player, and not to take away from Deshaun Watson, because Watson is still an MVP candidate. But and he didn't have a bad game. No, it wasn't a bad game. It's just that offense couldn't do anything against that Ravens defense, which is top notch right now and has been for the 
pretty much the whole season. The Texans don't have J.J. Watt, but I can't take away from the year that they've had because their defense has had some good moments. But Lamar Jackson right now is at the top of the list for me. Yeah, Vegas is top of the list. I I would say he has the edge over Russell Wilson again. Russell Wilson was on a bye, so he's going to have to put up numbers again. But we've just seen so like ridiculous numbers from Lamar. I think he passed for like, 250 or something and he had like 100 rushing yards on the game yeah somewhere around there the ex- yeah that was actually pretty close he had so he had 86 yards on the ground on nine attempts which we're seeing every week now he's breaking big runs oh yeah and he's not afraid to get hit which is kind of scary if i'm his coach i'm gonna be like dude you need to start sliding a little bit but he's making these guys miss he's making i mean he's mashing the b button in madden He's spinning off guys like there's no tomorrow. And honestly, like, you want that. You want that. He's doing it to blow out the Texans the way they did. I think right now they're the best team in the AFC. Um, Obviously second, or it would be between them and the uh, the Patriots. Yeah. I, I've already said before in the playoffs I would still pick Tom Brady. But that that Ravens team is closing the They're gap right on there. picking them. The spread would have to be only a three point spread for either team. But Lamar Jackson right now has beaten. He's beating the Patriots. He beat the Patriots. He just beat Deshaun Texans. Watson. Did they beat the Steelers or uh, not Steelers? They um, the Seahawks. I think so. Let's see. I think they have. But, like, this week they're playing the Rams, another decent team, great defense, pretty decent offense. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Right before their bye week was Seattle because that was the big matchup was Russ versus Lamar, which I still like Russ. But like you mentioned, they do have the Rams. That's coming up on the 25th, which is going to be – Yeah, next Monday. I was going to say this Monday, but next Monday. Um, In L.A., I still expect – Lamar Video Game Jackson. We need a coin a phrase for him. We need a nickname for him. But um I expect big things from him in that game and pretty much the rest of the season. Uh Rams. Then after that, he's got the 49ers. Ooh. I think if he comes away beating the Rams, which we know the Rams haven't been the best this year, but they're still a good team. If he beats the Rams and he goes back home and beats the 49ers which i think he will yeah he's he's gonna be my, my he's gonna have my vote lock it up right there the only way he doesn't win it is if russ wilson russell wilson ends up breaking records and does some crazy shit that we've never seen yeah and still pulls off like crazy games game winning drives like which he does normally stats. which he does normally um but, yeah, I mean, they're 1-2 and two right now. Deshaun Watson, again, is right there. I don't want to take anything away from Deshaun Watson or the Texans fans watching. The gap has grown, though. It's pretty much between Lamar and Russell Wilson. McCaffrey isn't necessarily in there anymore. Yeah. He had, like, 11 catches. He had a bunch of yards over the this, the weekend for, like, receiving. But his team lost, like, 26 to nothing. Yeah, they barely – I think they scored six points. What was it, 6-27 to 27 against – Atlanta and Atlanta has been this is what we talked about before 
they were two and seven at one point, but they aren't really a two and seven football team because they still have talent on both sides of the football. And we saw that. But then again, was Carolina as good as their record? So that's where it comes in because, yeah, they have Christian McCaffrey who can break the big play. We can't expect him to dominate every time he's on the field. Mm -hmm. So I guess that would fall into the category of MVP. He would be like third. Um, Yeah, that's just showing like how the impact of running backs are compared to quarterbacks. Like quarterbacks, they have a lot of control over the game and they put up the points, they move the field down, like they move the team downfield. Running backs, yeah, you get some yards here and there and you get some big plays, but it didn't help providing points for the Panthers. It's just, you need like a Sean Alexander or like a LaDainian Tomlinson. LT, that's the first person I think of. To win MVP. Otherwise, it's quarterbacks. They just have so, so much of a percentage of like running the offense and production value that it's it's hard for a running back to win MVP. So I think he's like third or fourth now. He's kind of falling down the list. He's putting up great numbers, but the quarterbacks this year are playing outstanding. And yeah. it's like a pitcher in baseball. Pitchers in baseball don't normally win MVP, but if you have like a weaker uh, statistical year from a bunch of the hitters and you just are outstanding pitching, then yeah, you'll win MVP, but it, it takes a lot for that to happen. Yeah, yeah, and so pretty much you just kind of nailed it on the head there. Um, generally, quarterbacks will win MVP for the reason that they have more responsibility. They have to be able to manage the football game. They have to be able to make the big plays. Your fourth quarter makes a huge difference. That's why Aaron Rodgers is always a floater for MVP because his comeback game is second to none. Yeah, he keeps the Packers in the keeps the Packers in the games, even though like there's some games where they shouldn't even be in it. Even like with their loss against San Diego, when I mean for me watching that game a couple weeks ago. The Packers still had a chance even after the first three quarters. But that was just, you know, not to get off topic there, but quarterback usually wins. They have the most important role, especially they take the most heat in certain fan base areas, such as Chicago. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's safe to transition over to the Bears. To the Bears. Monday Night Football. Yeah. Terrible game. Jared Goff, Mitch Trubisky. Terrible game. What was that? I thought maybe it was a under-the-radar potential game of the week. I could not watch that game. It was terrible. And the Bears didn't help him out that Mitch Trubisky threw an interception pretty much in the red zone or, like, close. And then you had Eddie Pinero missing two field goals. Missed two field goals. Early on. Oh, there was, they missed the field goal, 47 yarder. Then the second time downfield, they get like a fumble. And then they are right there, similar position. Fourth down, there's like, okay, we're going to go for it because we just missed. And then there's like, all right, we'll put trust in newer kicker again. And then he misses. Nope, it, misses again. Which, huge. They were, they lost by 10 points. That was six yes. points right there. Yes. So the Rams so it was the Rams shut them out in the first half. The Bears scored a touchdown in the second half. In the third quarter, I believe it was uh Tariq Cohen 
which I called last week he was going to catch one. Um, it would have been a different ball game for the Bears and the the play calling and the offensive scheme if they had those extra six points. Those missed field goals, I mean, it's it's important. And as a Chicago fan, you know. Yeah, you need to hit those. Robbie Gould, I wish you were still on this team. Their playoff hopes pretty much done. Yeah, with Minnesota winning again, Minnesota's still hot. Minnesota had a pretty good comeback win. Yeah, 20 points down, which is huge. Uh, I think the winning percentage for Denver at one point was like 99%. I think there was a wild finish at the end, too. I didn't watch the whole game, but I'm pretty sure Denver had a chance to win. I just remember seeing a win percentage chart on Twitter. Yeah. And, like, in the final minute or so, it went to, like, 80% Broncos, and then went immediately down to the Vikings. So I think they had a chance to win at the end. But, yeah, Vikings came back. The top two wild card teams right now have eight wins. So it's not looking likely for a lot of these teams in the NFC. Bears with six losses, you could pretty much chalk their season up to being done. Yeah, yeah, we mentioned that. Um, AFC wild card, you can get away with six six losses and steal the fifth, sixth seed. NL, or excuse me, not NL, wrong sport. NFC, um, Seattle is locking up that fifth seed or the San Francisco 49ers. We don't know how the season's going to end. But then you have Minnesota 8-8-3. Eight, eight and three. The Rams are 6-4 and four right there. To have six losses and expect these two teams to just drop, which the Vikings, you never know, they've been hot. Yeah, they've won some great games. Kirk Cousins has performed prime time. Yeah, we saw what he did last week on prime time. He had an amazing comeback in this game. It helps that they have Dalvin Cook, who doesn't ever seem to want to have a bad game. Actually, he didn't have too many rushing yards in this game. He he was not great in the game. Yeah, Denver's defense isn't bad, so I do give the benefit of the doubt there. Vikings are going into this week as their bye week, and they come back, and they're going to Seattle. Mm -hmm. So they're playing. That's going to be a tough game for them. So the rest of their schedule, which is going to be five more games, at Seattle, they're home against Detroit, which it's it's going to be a... Uh, Dalvin Cook had 26 yards on 11 carries. Yeah, that's not good. That's not a normal Dalvin Cook game. But he's allowed to have a bad game because he's dominated pretty much every other game. So Minnesota, Seattle, Detroit, a divisional game, which can go either way. I still think that the Vikings should be able to beat them. Uh, they're home. They do have the Chargers, which the Chargers have been a hit weird. Or miss. Yeah, they're hit or miss. They played the Chiefs pretty well, even though they, you know, Philip Rivers threw four interceptions. It was a close game. He actually killed me in my fantasy league. I picked him up because my quarterback was on a bye week. <laughs> I was going up against the the Chiefs defense. I lost by four points, so that was a four point turnaround right there. Um, at the end with that last interception. but And then they have Green Bay and Chicago at the end. So they still have a tough schedule ahead of them. So the Rams very well could be that sixth seed. They're still uh, two games back. Yeah, they are. So, But the Vikings, with their how tough their schedule is, I, don't, I, I didn't look at the Rams' schedule yet, but um, I do like the Vikings, though. They have talent all over that offense. Their defense knows when to play well. 
Um, they do give up some big plays, but um, I'm still confident that Green Bay should be able to take that division, uh, not just as a cheesehead, but um, from how they're playing from the defense, when they do have a good game, they it's they're untouchable. Yeah, I think they'll. I think they'll still uh, get that. The Rams, looking at their schedule, Baltimore, you get a winnable game against Arizona, yeah. Seattle, Dallas, San Francisco, and then Arizona. So pretty much two wins right there. For Arizona. And then they need to steal a few games here and there. So they aren't looking too great as well. Uh, Vikings, I would say the NFC is pretty much locked up for the playoffs. It just depends who wins the division and who gets the buys. That's what it's going to come down to. So, again, we know Seattle Seattle and San Francisco are 1-2 and two with the West, so that's going to determine the wild card. That sixth seed, I guess, could go either way. Um, the Rams' schedule is really hard. I don't know. I guess they can beat beat up on the Cardinals, but I wouldn't be surprised to see the Cardinals play a tough game. They've played some tough games this year, uh, especially against the 49ers. Uh, the Cowboys could be a toss-up. We did see the Cowboys this week. Dak Prescott <laughs> trying to earn his contract over there. It was uh, what was the score of that game? Oh, they won 35-27. Yeah, they ended up winning that game. Um, Dak Prescott had like 400 passing yards, if I'm not mistaken. Um, that's been the big talk is are the Cowboys – making the wrong move by just not paying him. Instead they paid Zeke. Instead they paid Zeke, which I feel like you have to pay Zeke for how their offensive scheme... Well, they always have a good running game because of their offensive line. But you can get any run running back in this league. I think uh, DeMarco Murray, he was unstoppable behind that uh, Yeah, that offense, and he had like 1,000 yards or something. Yeah. Darren, McFadden, Darren McFadden had some good games even. That offensive line was just so good. It's deteriorating a little bit. But in, they, in today's day and age, running backs. They don't. Should, they don't. It, it, I feel like it all comes down to. So a lot of teams are doing the running back by committee, right? They're trying yeah. to just keep fresh legs out there, um, which I think in the long run would help with the longevity of some of these running backs. Because I feel like most running backs, you'll get four good years out of them. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, knee injury or they, you know, it's like dog years for running backs. They don't last as long. Yeah. So I feel like, yeah, you should pay the star quarterback, but is Dak Prescott worth what he's looking for? No. No. I think he's trying to prove it, and if he does, then the Cowboys, I think they're going to wait as long as possible. Oh, they have to. And then they'll they'll extend him. Yeah. I mean, I, he, had, he had 444 yards in this game against the Lions, but he also – Attempted 46 passes, which is high. I guess not for a close game. You do see that often with the with a passing offense. He was 29 of 46 against the Lions. Is it a good game? Yes. Am I impressed? No. Not to where he deserves his 40 million a year. I can tell you that. Yeah, yeah definitely won't get that amount. But, but yeah. So we saw the Cowboys win. They're still, what, the number one ranked offense. Uh, 49ers won their game. They barely won their game. Yeah, they're up three points. And, uh, well, they're up four points. And 
the Cardinals tried like lateral at the end of the game, fumbled, fumbled it, and then the 49ers ran it for a touchdown, which made a lot of betters sad. Also, with that spread, so <laughs> 10 points pushed the bet. Yep. They didn't kick the extra point. What What did they do? The they, game just ended. They were already winning. They scored the touchdown. Time hit zero. They didn't have to kick the extra point. It's not allowed. Like, it's not required. I feel like, like it should be. Mm, and not, not – they changed it after, like, the walk-off touchdown. Okay. That the Vikings had. Okay. Because there's no point to kick it. What the game's over. Yeah. The game's over. All you're doing is just going out there, kicking the extra point. Somebody on the defense is mad. Somebody gets hit. Helmets get torn off. You know. <laughs> that would have ruined bets right there. That would have. But, I mean, even for them to score that last second touchdown ruined it as it was. Yeah. But um, Jimmy Garoppolo had a hell of a game. Uh, he had a 75% completion completion percentage, I should say. Uh, 400 yards. Again, it is against Arizona, but it's nice to see that Jimmy G can do it without his number one star tight end. Kittle was out. Um, they didn't run the ball well at all. They had a combined, like, 30 yards. Which is surprising for the team. That's all they've done this That's year. That's all they've done. Cause they're, they've been great at it. Yeah, with Coleman and... Uh, you know, Brita. Matt Breida, you know, they're all fast. And then you look at Arizona comes out. They rush for 130 yards against the 49ers team that is does not allow much on the on the ground. They don't allow much at all. They're usually selfish when it comes to giving up uh, rushing yards. Um, overall, it was a close game. Uh, 49ers 9-1. and one. Their next big matchup. Which I'm gonna say right now, and I'm game sure of the week. everybody in America is gonna agree, and everybody around the world is. I mean, this is game of the week, hands down. Yeah, you're getting Aaron Rodgers fresh off the bye week. You're getting Aaron Jones fresh off the bye week, and hopefully a good defense um, versus hands down one of the toughest teams in the NFL. This this right here is gonna determine. A potential first and second seed. Oh, yeah. One team is getting a loss this week. And the Vikings are on a bye. So if the Packers lose, they will be tied. They're going to be tied. With the Vikings, which is why that win that the Vikings just got. Was huge. Yeah. That was huge. That comeback victory, Vikings are going to come out hot. I don't know how they don't, but Green Bay coming off the bye, because they had a huge win, too, against Carolina. It was snowing. It was almost like a blizzard. They came down to the last inch on the goal line there. So I know that they have a lot of momentum. Uh, they are going to San Francisco. So we'll see how they play on the road. The weather's going to be nice. I'm sure it's going to be 75 and <laughs> maybe not so sunny because it's the 7 o'clock game. Well, it'll be 5 o'clock on the, uh, on the West Coast. Yeah. So I'll definitely be in my Packers gear. That'll be a fun game to talk about next week. There's a great game at every time slot next week. Thursday, start off Colts-Texans. Both tied for the division at 6-4. and four. Marlon Mack just broke his hand, too. So we'll see how the run game... They still ran really well without him last week. So we'll see what they do against Houston. But that is, uh, that's a really good matchup right there. 1 o'clock, Seahawks-Eagles. 
Great matchup. Eagles, they're trying to fight for the playoffs. They're currently 5-5. Five and five. And then you got the Seahawks with Russell Wilson. That's going to be a tough battle. The 4 o'clock games, Cowboys-Patriots. Sunday night, we went over Packers 49ers. And then Monday night, Ravens Rams. So if if you can only catch primetime games, or if you can get every time slot this week, you're gonna have a great game to watch anytime this weekend. Oh, hands down. No duds at all. Yeah, there's there's a lot of good matchups. Uh Cowboys and Patriots is gonna be a great matchup. Especially after the Eagles Patriots game last week. That was a close game. And I think the Patriots won. Patriots won by a touchdown. But it was uh, close. It was super game. close. I love that matchup. Ever since the Super Bowl a few years ago, Eagles, Patriots never disappoint. I love when the trick plays come out against each other, the Philly special. And this time it was Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz, yep. I'm a fan of Carson Wentz. I'm glad that the Eagles decided to stick with him, even after his injuries, instead of Nick Foles, who... Obviously, is not injured. Yeah, he's not doing so hot. But um, but yeah, that's gonna be a good matchup there. Uh, I think this matchup will definitely say a lot about the Patriots because, like we said, the Patriots' schedule has been on. I would say on the easier side. Uh, not taking anything away from the amazing job that their defense has done on the season, but the Cowboys being the number one offense or top three offense, whatever you want to call it, against this top defense. I think it's going to be a hell of a game. They're giving the Patriots six-and-a-half-point spread, which, fair enough. It's in New England. It's in New England. Um, yeah, definitely. This this week's going to determine a lot. A lot, um, especially for fantasy football. It's sad. This is like regular season for fantasies coming to an end. Uh, we have a couple more weeks. Are you in... Any no. leagues this year? No? No leagues this year. If if we're still new in the podcast next year, definitely have to get in a league. Just talk about fantasy weekly. But I only participate in, like, daily fantasy sports, and I rarely do that. I just – I enjoy watching the games. Yeah, I'm unfortunately overly addicted to fantasy. I'm in four leagues uh, alone for football. I do a basketball as well, but I think I'm going to dumb it down to maybe two. It's it's bad having four teams because I literally have guys on my team that are also on in another league on a different team. So I'm like, yes, but then I'm like, shit at the same time. Especially when you go up against them. Exactly. It's like, what team do you want to win more at yeah. that point? So speaking of fantasy, uh, another week for fantasy picks. Do you have your big? Big guy to go with this week in budget picks? I do. You know, actually, with this week, um, I went with a, a little bit of a different lineup. I feel like a must-play uh, is Michael Thomas right now. With how he's been playing all season, uh, he put up 114 yards last week. He had a receiving touchdown. Um, the dude's on pace for... Maybe 150 catches. He might break the record. Uh, so he's definitely my a top pick for me right now. Uh, Carolina's given up the 25th most fantasy points when it comes to FanDuel uh, scoring uh, for receivers. Um, it was 
I'm playing Michael Thomas and Julio Jones, so I guess there's two top picks. So I cheated a, a little bit. Uh, a budget buy uh, for me was uh, Tariq Cohen. Um, only because I went so expensive on receivers with Michael Thomas and Julio Jones. I do have Tariq Cohen, who I think against the Giants should catch a few balls. And we don't know the whole quarterback situation with Chicago right now. Um, so I do picture a lot of screen passes to uh, Cohen, especially after he scored his touchdown last week. Well-deserved. Um, it might change depending on injuries and whatnot. But for right now, I would say for 5700 to uh Tariq Cohen, um, Michael Thomas being one of the most expensive receivers, you're going to get the most points from him. So Is Marvin Jones expensive? Marvin Jones, actually, you know what? His dollar amount did jump up over the past couple weeks because there was a game where he had a few touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, three. Yeah, in that one game. Uh, he is playing Washington this week. He's pretty expensive. Um, he's at 7200 It's just hard to spend that amount of money for me yeah. only because their wideouts are so good. They have you know Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, Amendola. You don't know what guy is going to have the game. Yeah, and you know it all comes down to targets. So yeah. when it comes to for me a big, um, a big factor with spending money on a player, whether if he's a budget buy or a top pick, look at his targets. You might look at a guy who might not produce that much, like a Tyler Boyd, who at the beginning of the season was hot, but every game is getting you know even though his his production declined a little bit. He's still getting so many targets, so you got to look at targets too. That does matter. Um, Marvin Jones for me for seventy two hundred is kind of too expensive. Yeah, I didn't know his cost. I just know that he's going up against a really bad team, and he has had some good games. Yeah, Washington. Yeah, Especially I, I with expect. Driscoll at quarterback. Yeah, he's been playing pretty well. I actually, uh, he's not looking bad. Future backup or future starter, perhaps for uh, for Detroit. Um, with Matthew Stafford, I don't know what's going on with him. Potentially out for the season, we don't really know. Uh, but those would definitely be my top picks. Uh, for that, I think uh, at this time we can go ahead and transition over to the NBA. Um, it's still early in the season, but I We're mean, starting to see the teams like separate from each other. It's not like two weeks ago where every team was like. Three and one three and or one like one or, and three. Exactly. We didn't really know, but I think it's safe to say that the King has taken the throne back. Um the Lakers are unbelievable to watch. They're they're fun to watch. Uh they're having fun. They I believe are still only have two losses on the season. Yeah, eleven and two. They're playing right now against the Thunder, who they're up like eight points almost going into half. Yeah, which OKC they are five and eight. They're a wild wild card. When I say wild card, you just they're a toss up. You never know what you're gonna get from them because they have some young talent. They have Chris Paul. Doesn't really. It should be an easy victory for the Lakers, which it's starting to look like. They're starting to kind of go away with that one. The one thing I love about the Lakers, if LeBron doesn't have a great scoring game, you can always count on Anthony Davis, who's a dog out there. And vice versa. Um, they complement each other extremely well. They have Rondo back, who's got five and eight in the first half, five points, eight assists. Um, definitely the Lakers right now are the top team. 
The we, Rockets right behind them. Rockets are they're hot too. They're eleven and three. I don't know if we're gonna see. So before I think when we talked about it, the Rockets, the point differential, they were in the negative. They've turned that around. They're at about a six positive six right now. Um, they've been hot. I think. I don't know how your teams are going to stop them. The Lakers, yeah, they're number one, but the Rockets, James Harden. And Westbrook. And Westbrook. Westbrook's quiet. He's he's not talked about because of how dominant Harden is. Yeah, been. he's so damn good. Harden's averaging 39.2 points per game. That's I Going into the season, I would have betted against that. Under 30 points a game. Or around. But to be at 39 points a game... Westbrook still putting up his 22 a game. Uh, Westbrook, they're both averaging over seven assists a game, which we knew one of those categories were going to fall back because both guys were potential triple-double guys. Um, They have Clint Capella in the middle averaging 13 boards a game. Overall, this is a really, really good basketball team. Uh, I would say down, you know, Bearing any injuries, they are going to be, I would say, yeah, they would stay second. Clippers might jump up there. We know the Clippers have been kind of on and off. They just got Paul George back, um, who's actually looking pretty damn well uh, coming off of, was it a double shoulder surgery? Something like that. Yeah, his shoulders, yeah, he was hurt. He was playing hurt in the playoffs, and that was a big talk. Um, Glad he's back Uh, right now. There's a lot of, you know, with the Clippers, there's the whole thing going on with... The load management. Load management. I don't know. It's it's early in the season. I don't know if it's necessary to load manage Kawhi Leonard like that. It's not like he's hurt. No. And they've openly said it's we want to rest him. As a fan, I would be kind of pissed to know, like, hey, I bought tickets for this game for next week. And then the day of or the day before, they're like, well, he's our star player, so we don't believe in playing him, you know, all 82 games, which I guess is like a co- starting to become a common theme in the NBA. I just remember a time when Michael would play all 82 games. Yeah, even 10 years ago. 10 You'd years play ago. until you got hurt, which is one of the reasons why teams load manage. You saw it with the Spurs. But that's because Tim Duncan was 36 years old. Tony yeah. Parker was like 35. Yeah, you got to think Ginobili these guys. was like 34. Kawhi is like 28. And he's healthy. I know he did have an injury with the Spurs, supposedly, yeah. air quotes, supposedly. But I don't think where they're at right now, 10, 12, 13 games into the season, whatever it is, you want to start load managing now. Because to me, if you're doing it now, what's where's the concept? Like what you're just going to load manage the rest of the season or you're going to play them hard towards the end of the season when you're battling for a fifth or a sixth seed because you, you were load balancing in the first half of the season. So I know it is a couple games so far. We don't know what they're going to do. But, you know, and then it's funny because on the East Coast for the Knicks – they're kind of taking heat because they're playing R.J. Barrett like 40 minutes a game. Which, he's a kid. Like He's 19 years old. And, you know, I saw a comparison for guys that were like under 21 or under 20 years old. LeBron played similar. LeBron played like 38 minutes a game. Dwight Howard was playing, you know, 38 minutes a game. 
you want to get these guys exposed. You know, I feel like a big thing in the NBA, like, yeah, talent is a big, you know, is what we look at. Like, you're going to get your playing time based on talent. But I feel like in the league, you know, that's the big difference between college and the NBA is the more exposure you get in games, in different scenarios, is where you really develop as a player. Yeah. You know, they're situational. You know, granted, they're not a playoff team, and they probably won't be for the next couple of years. But you want to see what this guy has. And you want – I feel like you you want to play him. You want to fill the seat still. You want to play him. They've won a few games. I mean, it's not like they look horrible. And R.J. Barrett looks good. But, I mean, he's only averaging – I think on the whole season, he's been averaging like 33 minutes a game. But the past few games, he's been playing over 40 minutes. You still want to play to win the game. You don't want to play as though like, oh, we are for sure tanking. Yeah, and their team isn't like great to have him sit. Yeah. He's one of your best guys. You got to play him. You just drafted him. It's not bad. 40 minutes. He sits out a couple minutes, a quarter. He has the endurance to do that. He has... He has the physical ability. There, there should be no complaining about that. Yeah, no, not at all. And we saw what he did. Who he played against was it the Mavericks recently? I forgot who it was, but he played against somebody. And in the uh, there was a play where he spun off, and I'm I'm pretty sure it's Luca. I could be wrong. Um, and he literally put a move on that you don't see from a rookie. And you, it just goes to show that he's getting comfortable. And I think the Knicks players are probably telling him, like, dog, you're the man here. You're the man. Like, there's no big name here. You still have a huge fan base. We have Spike Lee. We have all these guys coming in. Show out. Yeah, and they're all veterans. They're all role players. They don't really have, like, anyone sick on their team. And if you play him all those minutes and he's, like, tired – He'll learn how to adapt when he gets to that tired point. Exactly. It's all situational. It's all so, learning experience. Yeah. The Granted, you don't want to run him to the ground, but until there's an actual injury, because everything's a freak accident, I feel like. Torn ACLs. Um, besides Derrick Rose, my heart's still broken that he was in that game that late when they had like the nine or whatever point lead it was mm. on the Pacers. The I, 76ers. Or it was the 76ers. That's right. they were the eight seed. That's right. And then they won. That's right. It was definitely the 76ers. And, yeah, that was tragic. Sometimes I cry at night. But <laughs> What could have been? Can we can we cut that part out? I don't cry. <laughs> I don't cry. But, um, yeah, it was the Knicks against Dallas. He put the craziest – it was in the paint. He put a spin move on Luka, made him look foolish. And it was – it was a big-time move for a rookie, being 19 years old. So a lot of signs there. Um, not the best team, not fun to watch, but I like R.J. Barrett. So I guess that's yeah. what I'm getting uh, getting at with this one. Speaking of Luka, though, one of the youngest players to record a 40-point triple-double. The only one that was younger was LeBron James. LeBron did it at what age? I know he did it pretty Probably early. Like 19. I think he was like 19. It was like two or three years in. So 19 or 20. Luca is balling right now. That dude is a monster. He had the confidence of a 15-year veteran last year. Yep. And he's even better this year. Which is unheard of. 
But I mean, he's twenty. I think our first episode, I said, I think he's a future MVP. But then I caught myself and said he's for sure going to be a multi MVP winner. Right now, he's up there. LeBron, LeBron is up there. Twenty nine a game. That's an. I mean, and he's got. He does have other talent on his team. So he has like Kristaps Porzingis. He has some other talent there. So he has how many he's averaging how many assists a game right now what, 29 and a half 29 and a half 10.7 rebounds 9.3 assists almost a triple double a game now watching him last year going into this year if you're telling me he's going to average a triple double i don't know if i would believe it i know he'd be up there in the stat category but damn this dude is a he's a monster he's cooking every night every night and then, you know, him and Kristaps complement themselves very well. I'm glad Kristaps is back. I'm glad he's out of New York. I love that he's in Dallas. So I, I do like Dallas's future overall. Um, but, yeah, Luka's definitely uh, – that's my guy going forward. Yeah, I think next year he'll, like, start being in the conversation, like, uh, consistently. He might, like, if he keeps it up, then, yeah, he'll be in the MVP conversation also depends on the record nba it's influenced a lot by record because there's less people playing the game it's easy for like if a guy is amazing like lebron he takes over games yeah yeah and that's what it comes down to like Giannis will always be i feel like a top mvp pick top three at least and i only say top three is because it's easier to dominate in the east than in the west not to take anything away from Giannis because he just dominates in general. I mean, the Greek freak. Um, but between him and Luca, the future's bright. The future's bright. Um, right now with the standings, um, we have in the East, we have Boston at 11-2. and two, Still cooking, 5-0 and oh at home. Um, it's pretty much them, Milwaukee, and then the rest of the league. Miami's playing really well. Um, yeah, nine and three. Nine and three. They have those random pickups, all like switching out who who plays well. Who's gonna have a good game next With man Jimmy up? Jimmy Butler back too. Jimmy Butler loves these guys. He loves these guys. I don't know if you follow him on social media. He's always hyping up Dragic, uh, uh, who do they have? Pashal or whatever. Yeah, Pashal. He has um, uh, who's the rookie point guard? Uh, none. Kendrick. He's really good too. Uh, they have a lot of good talent. Winslow. Yeah, Justice Winslow. Um, Tion Waiters, which I'm <laughs> laughing for a reason there. Um, yeah, I like Miami. I'm happy Jimmy Butler's over there. I wasn't sure what we were going to see out of this team, but they're looking pretty damn good. Uh, Toronto's good. Toronto. Um, without Kawhi. Without still, Kawhi is. Still putting out points. Number one. I don't think they really lost team. much. They lost Danny Green. Which, I mean, losing Danny Green is okay because he's there. for situa- He's a situational player. You're there. We need you when we need our three-point talent out there. End of the game, you know, he's going to be out there. Not take anything away from Danny Green. He's a great player. But, um, but yeah, Toronto's really good. They had a huge win not too long ago against uh, the Lakers, the Lakers yeah. which I think we talked about last week. Um Last week, Wednesday, against Portland, they beat them by 10. They just had a huge win yesterday, 132-96 to against Charlotte. 
Charlotte, not really a good team. They're okay. They're actually playing pretty well for what I thought. Yeah, um, almost 500. But still trash in my eyes. Their team makeup, not great. Terry Rozier is like their top dog right now. You have Batum. Scary Terry. Yeah, not not looking too great. I'm surprised the Hawks, 4-9. and nine. I guess John Collins not being there, but all I see is Trey Young going off. Trey Young's a dog, man. You know, I thought he would be that guy that shoot. I mean, he is that guy that shoots all the time, but... He's putting up the numbers. He's putting up the numbers. His field goal percentage, some games, you're like, holy shit, he looks like Steph Curry out there, the way he shoots. His handles are pretty good. Um, I personally do think that once they get John Collins back, they will have the potential to sneak in as an eighth or seventh seeded team, um, only because it is the East. Uh, right now, if you look at that playoff potential, Charlotte is the eighth seeded team. Yeah, it won't last long. It, you have the Nets right there. Pistons can make a run. Yeah, I think it'll change as teams start getting into a rhythm. Going back to Trey Young, though, Luka Doncic was actually traded for him. I know. I don't know if you remember that. I do remember that. But yeah, those two were traded, and it's gonna be wild to like look at look back on that at the end of their careers and be like. I don't know if anyone lost that trade. Nobody really lost out. It's it's one of those things where Dallas, I feel like they have that they usually go for um they have that fan base cuz they had like Dirk, so they had the fan base with him and you know, the German fan base and Luka's European and I don't know if that's what they were going for and then they brought in Kristaps to compliment either guy on either team would be putting up, I feel like, the same numbers. I like Trey Young in Atlanta. I think they both fit their teams with how well, with how exactly. So I think it worked out extremely well. Um, both teams do have some improvements to make. Uh, Atlanta's in the East, so they always have that potential to be a good team. Like I said, when John Collins comes back, why not? Why not consider them an eighth-seeded team? Um, I think we had somebody ask us on Twitter about the Bulls. Yes, somebody asked on Twitter, which is a very good question. Yeah, I'll pull it up right now. Uh, Ruben asked, many fans have said Zach Levine and Laurie Markinen aren't the answer for the Bulls' future. Do you think they have a spot in this young Bulls team future? Uh, to start off, I personally think Laurie fits it, and I don't think Zach Levine does. As great as Levine is, he is not a number one option, and he just isn't as good all around as you need for that guy to be on the team. I don't think he's a future of the Bulls when they get good. He will be traded, I think, at not this year. But once they start getting to that point and he has some value still, I think they will flip him. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. When they traded originally for Zach Levine, they got Chris Dunn. They got this whole package for uh, Jimmy Buckets. Which ended up with Laurie Markinen. We did because we got the picks. So at first I was kind of a little upset because Levine does make a pretty good penny. And for what he was doing in Minnesota – He's flashy, 
So I guess with the All-Star game being in Chicago this year, it's nice to have a potential dunk. I'm pretty sure he's going to be in the dunk contest. That would, that would be cool. So I guess that's cool. He does put up points. He has impressed me a little bit more than what I thought, you know, what I expected out of Zach Levine scoring-wise. Yeah. Defensively, no. He no, is, he's a liability. He is terrible scoring-wise. Yeah, he's not the best when or it comes to defense. He's averaging 21 points a game. Cool, I guess. He's averaging four boards, four assists. If you want a guy that's going to put up numbers for your fantasy team that's not a first-round pick, cool. Grab Zach Levine. For the future of the Bulls, I don't want to say it's obvious, but he's not or shouldn't be in their future plans. They have a young core that they're still kind of learning their identity. Lori Markinen, hands down, I think fits. It's what every team looks for right now. The marksman. Yeah, you look for the guy that can shoot that can grab boards. He's not afraid to use his body in the paint. And I think that's what we're going to see. You know, Markkinen's not having the best year so far. No. He's been in a lot of shooting funks. Anybody can break that. An offseason can change that. I like Lori Markkinen. I like the young core. I love Kobe White. I've been preaching Kobe White since preseason. He does shoot a lot. There are games where he sometimes you want him to stop shooting, but you like to see that from a young guy or rookie who's not scared to go out there and just try to ball out. Yeah. So they do have young talent. I still think they're going to take an eighth seed only because the East is weak. And if they don't, well, then a lot of people prove me wrong. Um, but that just means another draft pick. We'll see what happens. But at some point, Zach Levine, like you mentioned, will be on the trade block. Wouldn't be surprised if he gets traded. Whether if it's for a bundle where we trade him and maybe Porter um, or somebody else with him, some draft picks for a a, a top-notch player. I don't know who that's going to be, but we will have to clear the books of Zach Levine and or sign somebody. Get rid of him and sign somebody in the offseason. I know the Bulls... Don't go all out. We have issue signing players. Uh, Carlos Boozer was like a huge signing for us one year. Yeah. Which. It was okay, but when the playoffs came, it, it ended up being bad. Yeah, he was a bust. Um, I would like to see Zach Levine's plus minus total for the year, but I can't seem to find it. His plus minus right now. If we don't look at the fourth quarter, the Bulls are undefeated, I'm pretty sure. But. Yeah, his plus minus I don't see, which is weird to not see that stat line because I for me that's a huge stat. I know if you look at individual games, I'm sure because he logs almost 40 minutes a game, um, maybe like 35, 36 minutes a game. They're losing. Their plus minus in general isn't good overall, um, so I don't expect it to be that great. Um, not saying he's a bad player. Like, he's a good player. Like, there are teams that will benefit from a Zach Levine-type player. I just, for the Bulls' purpose, for the Chicago organization, in the future, I feel like you have to dump him at some point. Yeah. I, yeah. Defensively, he does. His his offense doesn't um, excel his like defense. He's like Carmelo right now. Carmelo got signed. He, he played did, today. Yes, Mello. 
And I saw a stat. Uh, Carmelo, well, the, the Trailblazers did lose by, like, 10 points. But I saw a stat. Carmelo on the floor at halftime was minus 13. And without him on the floor, they were plus 12. Well, so he, yeah. Defensively, it, it just doesn't outweigh the the offense, or the offense doesn't outweigh the defense as much yeah, as it should. Defense, defensively, or I should say defense matters as much. Unless you have a Golden State Warriors the past few years type offense. The support around it. The support around it, right. Carmelo played 23 and a half minutes. He scored 10 points. In the first half, I think he had all of his turnovers, which was five. He wasn't shooting the ball well. I think even at his age and as long as he's been in the league, to be out as long as he has, you know he had the butterflies. He had the pregame jitters going into it. He's minus 20. Minus 20, though. That's The that's thing about rough. Carmelo, I was discussing with a friend, if this guy was a point guard or shooting guard, he would be fine. But Carmelo is a small forward and he's transitioned to a power forward just because of his age and how he moves. And you have a lot more responsibility. You have to grab rebounds. You have to pass the ball a little bit more. And all he does is just put up shots. You can't do that as a power forward. That's why he hasn't really gotten signed. That's why he isn't a great player on the court at all. And why he's, he'll probably, I don't say he lasts more than 20 games with the Trailblazers. Yeah, yeah. I would say probably like 10. I wouldn't be surprised. You know, I, I was kind of, I've always said he was past his prime, which is weird because the dude went from being a monster, an he's, all-star. He's not that old. It's the, But the decline was so fast out of nowhere. And like I said, he doesn't provide anything out of shooting. And the position that he plays requires that. Yeah, like if he was a guard, he could chuck up shots all day, and he's not required to go after boards. As a power forward, I want my guy to grab offensive rebounds, so second chance buckets. There's these st- stats that get tracked that you won't see in a box score, but there's second chance buckets. There's there's so much that goes into it. Um, you know, on the defensive side, he's a huge liability. He's a small power forward. He's slow, and Dude, you're shooting four for 14. He did shoot two of three from downtown, which was nice. He hasn't been the greatest defensively. And now that you have to guard big men that have the footwork, I saw a tweet saying that, like, the first shot that got put up when he was on the court, he allowed his man an offensive rebound, an uncontested offensive rebound. Yeah, so that says a lot right there. Maybe he just has to find his groove. I don't know, but... I, I don't think he'll last... 20 games max, but I, I'm leaning 10. He'll play. He won't put up the numbers. And they're not even a playoff team, so maybe they'll let him stick around, come off the bench. We'll see. They're 5-10 and 10 right now. I don't see much hope for this team. You know, Damian Lillard, is Dame one of the best point guards in the game? Sure. Is Hassan Whiteside a pretty nice center? Yeah, I guess. And then C.J. McCollum. C.J. McCollum... He's great when he wants to be. He does have some games where he just gets in a shooting funk and he doesn't really provide much more besides that. Um, so maybe they'll keep Carmelo around. I don't know. Either way, I'm glad to see him back. I could tell you that 
he definitely deserves to play somewhere. Um, unless he's negative 20 uh, every game, then he needs to keep his ass at home, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I and I think this is his last stint. Oh, hands down. I, this is his final comeback. I mean, for him to sign with P- Portland of all teams, it just goes to show like nobody really needed him. Portland at this point, why not bring some fans in? Yeah. Why not? And they had an injury, so like they had to take a flyer on someone, and they decided on Carmelo. Yeah, yeah, which I'm glad he got a shot. Um, but overall, uh, it's been a few weeks in the NBA. Nothing's really changed too much. We're starting to see some teams pan out, some that are real, some that are not. Yeah, the standings are starting to skew towards what it's supposed to look like. Yeah, usually after Christmas, once we see the Christmas matchups going into the new year, is when we really see who the true one through fours are. Um, in each conference, you know, we'll see who's injured, who's not, which Boston lost Gordon Hayward again uh, last week with his injury. <laughs> and that dude was coming around. That man can ball. Yeah. Unfortunate for him. Yeah, but their team's still good anyways. And the East still be, you know, a top contender. Um, West, everything's still up in the air in the West for the bottom three, bottom four. Um, in that seed, so yeah, that's pretty much gonna do it for uh, this week. I would say. Yep. Uh, there are uh, tweets and Instagram stories that I will put out, like on the main page every week. So if you want a question answered in the podcast, uh, ask away. You could ask during the week too. I'll make sure to save the tweet, uh, save the message on Instagram. Uh, you could tweet us directly. Uh, but, yeah, we answered a few questions today. It helps out. Uh, find some specifics that people would want to know. There's yeah. like there's a couple questions we didn't get to. Uh, there's, like, a baseball one that I was unsure of. Yeah, that, yeah, there's some random. We also, like, don't want to have a two-hour podcast. Which this might be super long. Uh, what are we, yeah, we're probably well we're over probably an hour. We're probably like an hour and a half. Whatever. You guys like to hear our voices on the way to work anyways. So. Especially if you're listening this this late in the podcast. There's also another one talking about Philip Rivers. Well, we, we can always address it next week. Yeah, yeah, we can always. I mean, Philip Rivers is always a, t- a conversa- topic of conversation. Um, but, yeah, like Healy said, we check actively, you know, or I should say we're actively checking our social media account. So we do have the Instagram, Twitter, tweet us. We'll be posting regularly on Instagram as well. Um, ask away if you have comments, questions, concerns, if you love our voices, if you hate us, whatever it may be, we are here to listen. We are here to uh, communicate, integrate everybody. Um, I just want to thank everybody for, again, subscribing on our Spotify, uh, following us on Twitter, showing love on YouTube. Um, and to those who are listening maybe for the first time, again, just make sure you go ahead. If you like what you hear, like, subscribe, and uh, we'll see you next week. Yeah, you can find us, SR Only Pod on Twitter and Instagram. You can find myself individually at the Healy 6 on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow Goose, I, Goose, with four O's. Four O's. Don't forget it. Don't ask why. (laughs) Hey, yeah, that's going to do it. I appreciate you guys for listening, and we will see you guys next week. Peace.